Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about what it takes for us to get in a headspace to prepare our messages. We also talk about the first week in our series entitled A Living Hope. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching here with Pastor John once again. Hello, Pastor John. Hello, everybody. We're uh, a day later this week. Um, Tuesday was, as most people know, uh, Tuesday is a meeting day for us. We have Big meeting day. We have meetings. Non-stop meeting day. Pretty much non-stop. <laughs> And yesterday was a lot more even than even than normal, which which is which is something. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit today about um, you know some of our preparation time. I think that uh, you know we we don't we talk a little bit about the preparation, but you know last week we talked about some of the the space things that we deal with and mm. and furniture. You know, yeah. kind of what, how how that goes into the how that go, plays into our. Uh, the, the, the delivery of the message, but I want to talk about, you know, the, what does it take for us to get into the space to prepare the message mm-hmm. and what are some of the kind of impediments that often pop up with that? How do we deal with those things? I mean, you and I have, um, you know, we, we have to really carve out time to make sure that we're giving the, the preached word. It's you know, do time to prepare and pray through what yeah. we're doing. So yeah. what does it take for, you know, what are the kind of the situation that is ideal for you to prepare, pray through and prepare a, a message? Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. It's great. It's great that you bring that up, uh, uh, you know, in the context of uh, of a busy Tuesday and a busy, busy schedules, because that's, that, that is one thing. And we're a large church and lots of activities and lots of meetings and lots of uh, uh, talking with people. And one of the greatest challenges is to, is to carve out that that space and have it stay carved out, you know. Like uh, you know, usually there's a for both of us. I think we have a we have a day in particular that is a, our main production day. Yeah, now we'll have several days leading up to that, but it's even the main production day is uh, oftentimes there there are meetings that are just you just can't get out of those you have to have them on those days so you all of a sudden you've lost three hours yeah. of time uh, on that so so that's that's really the, so so part of it is just is fighting to protect the the what what is really needed which is the unhurried time where you can really sit back yeah. reflect on the scriptures um, talk to God about this dig into the to all the work that you do to prepare, uh, to get the background, the research, and all that you need to do, and then and then actually craft a message. So it's just really the biggest thing for me is is carving out and fighting for that space. Second thing is, and you said this is that what does it take to get into that space? Part of it is getting into the carving out the the actual chronological space, but the other part is just getting into the headspace. Yeah, exactly. Where you you know when you're when you're distracted by a lot of things, or when you have problems that are coming up, or challenges that you're you're dealing with, or you're just even concerned for the well being of people you care about, like people in the church, that that gets into your headspace. In some ways, it gets into your headspace in a in a negative way because you you. You tend to dwell on the. I tend to dwell on those those thoughts. Uh, yeah. Often they turn over in my head a lot. But in other ways, I always think about this too. That's the context that you and I are given 
when we're preparing the message. So in some ways, those those are there to remind us that this is the time, these are the people, these are yeah. the situations that you're you're in. So, so I, really, so it's about fighting for the the chronological time, the the, the enough space to yeah. have uh, to to do the writing and praying and thinking and and all that, but also make sure the headspace is right as well. So, so how, how about do you, you? So how do you just real quick? How do you when when you feel like you know the, the things impede? Because just again, so people understand, this today, the day we're recording this, is a typical big yes. preparation day, and we've interrupted that. Day. Yes, yes. So, yes. what do you do to kind of like? And there make... are two other things happening on on bookending on on this as well that, yeah. that I that I that I can't not deal with. You know, yeah. they must deal with those things. So. Yeah. So, how do you, on a regular basis, try to just say, you know, kind of fence your time, fence your headspace to be able to say. You know, I got to. This is a this is a major priority, especially because your your timetable on a typical week is is you got to have it. Morning. You got to have it done by Thursday. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, ready to go. Ready to go. Whereas, and I and I have to do that on occasion as well too, but not not nearly to the frequency. So there's a an added level of pressure to that. Yeah. So do you do you find yourself having to like this week? Like Friday, think for next week already, even though you still have to. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> not not only that, you know, you can't, you certainly can't rely on one day to, to do to do this. You have to. I have to have been looking and reading and and, yeah. and studying, you know, for the last few days just to get ready for the one big push uh, yeah. for the day, and then and then nothing nothing you know, sharpens the, the the concentration like a deadline. That's right. <laughs> when, you, when the window closes and you have a certain amount of time, I think about a couple of weeks ago when uh, Pastor Rebecca was a month or so ago when Pastor Rebecca was sick, yeah, and I did, had a last minute. You know, it was basically a, it was truly I don't I've, I haven't done one of these in years, probably decades, but it was a Saturday night special. Yeah, it yeah. was it was all thank goodness it's before football season. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but you know nothing concentrates your mind like you know the dead like a deadline. So yeah. so that's you just you know you just have to do what you do. Uh, yeah, you have to get get the job done. That that's not my favorite thing to do. You yeah, know, my no, favorite no, no. thing to do is is a much more spacious, uh, multiple day approach uh, that you have a lot of time to sit with the idea. Ideas and then come back to the ideas and then talk through the ideas because yeah. I talk them out loud. Uh, talk through the ideas and see how they how they flow. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the the one of the things is headspace is really key. It takes, you know, I think that the pre writing days are probably for me as critical as anything else. Um, you know, I try to get ahead of it. Um, early in the week, I try to get, you know, I, I, it's one of the few things I still do physically handwrite in a book is the the initial outline, hmm. the initial, you know, just kind of my, my, as I read through the scripture, first time, second time, you know, bounce it off of other translations, I just kind of take just little notes, put question marks on things that, that I'm curious, you know, that, that, that peak my my interest as as I'm praying through the text and and then then I usually if if again if the time is carved out I'll go right into commentaries that same that same sitting and then write out different things and then try to pray through okay with thematically you know what is God saying through this passage mm-hmm. for our community at this time mm-hmm. because again we we keep hammering this this is not just what is this, the scripture speaking to his people generally 
there is some of that, and, and we'll get into some of that with this First Peter. But also, what is God speaking specifically to First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland yeah. in 2022? Yeah, you know, at this time, yeah. at this very time. So that takes a lot of. You know, my, I had a, a seminary professor that talks about the epical adjustments that you have to make to get from the original writer and the original audience to us, you know, because they're in a different, you know, different uh, time period, different mm-hmm. cultural backgrounds and all that. But then there's also, you know, there's the, the, the universal truth and priorities that are here, but applied in very specific ways. But that takes a lot of time and headspace and, and, uh, and, and then at the same time, one of the things that I contend with for that headspace is the regular preparation of a Sunday morning Bible study, which mm. is totally different than the sermon. Uh, and, and so that takes different types of headspace because it's not as um, – there's not the pressure to narrow things down. You I get can, it done in 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's not – I mean, because I – many, many weeks people that, that – listen to the Agape Bible study or watch it online or come on, on Sunday morning many weeks and say, well, you know, we, we can't get to this so we can move on. So there's a little bit less pressure yeah. from that standpoint. And I also don't, fe- you know, I don't, I don't, I don't rehearse my Bible studies. You know, right. I don't, I don't, yeah. you know, I, yeah, to me, like, that, you're not like delivering a sermon in the middle of a worship service. Yeah. Because again, I'm, I'm, I anticipate there's going to be interruptions in the class. People are going to ask questions and I just get to follow the rabbit trails, but there's still that, there is still yeah. that creation process. Yeah. You know, I think at one point uh, I, I kind of mapped out how many pages of content per week I, I have to generate for a Sunday morning, and it will be anywhere from, uh, you know, 18, uh, from 16 to 20 pages every, mm-hmm. every single week, every mm-hmm. single researched, outli- outlined, researched, uh, created, and then delivered every single week. And and that's, I love doing that. And and and, and like you just said, the, the difficulty is balancing our love for preaching and teaching the Word of God with our love for the people. Our love for the people means we have to be very present. Yeah. Um, our love for the preaching and teaching of the Word of God sometimes means we're not present. Yeah. And that's to be present to the Word of God. Yeah. And that's and I think that's one of the things that you and I have had to we we I think we do a pretty good job talking to each other about what we need for that, and then also, but making sure that the people in the congregation understand that that we have that we have to carve out that space and right. we have to carve out that time and. That has to be somewhat of a priority, um, because um, where whereas I love sitting down and talking to people and helping people through their their individual situations and and feel like sometimes I don't get to do enough of that. Uh, at the same time, Sunday is coming. Sunday's coming. <laughs> Sunday is going to happen, yeah. um, whether I've had the time or not. And and there are literally hundreds of people that that you know they come to be uh, have their discipleship in some way formed by what happens on Sunday morning and so that's that you know we have that's a major priority it's like you know our our official title among in in our denomination is minister, minister of word word and, and sacrament. sacrament and that word part is yeah, I had a, really one, of my, one of my pastor buddies from the pastor's group that I was involved in prior to coming here. When I was coming here, he said, 
you know, because he knew this is a larger setting and, mm-hmm. and, and more, more people around, which means more people who want to, you know, mm-hmm. you'll be interacting with. He said, you're, he said, don't lose sight of the fact don't you are there to preach the word of God. Yeah. First and foremost, your job is to preach the word of God. Yeah. But I think you're, you're balancing it well, is that our job is to preach the word of God. We are ministers of the word and sacrament in the context of a congregation yeah. of people, which is why, I don't know about you, when, when we're doing all these things, when we're getting in the headspace, you know, I, I sort of circle through the, the a mental image of the congregation mm. in the rooms, yeah. you know, in the in the in the sanctuary or in, the, in Loudon Hall, depending on where I'm going to be. I, I visualize who visualize different individuals who are going to be there. Yeah, wow. Just just thinking, you know, how's this going to get heard by that by that high school student who's not. You know, who's who's kind of marginal about mm. about things and questioning about things. How's this going to get heard by this, yeah. you know, ninety year old uh, person who's well steeped in in the faith? Yeah. Uh, so that's that. We are ministers of the word in the context of a, of a congregation of, yeah. of people. Yeah. Well, and 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 one of the advantages that we have here specifically at FPC is that you know our counseling load is not really all that deep um i don't know how i don't know what your experience has been when i was in Haines city and and doing a a lot of heavy lifting pastorally my counseling load was deep um Mm. i'd have at least four or five individual counseling sessions a week Mm. and and thankfully because we have you know dr paul st andrew's ministry that really not that we don't do counseling you and i still do that there's still folks that want to to talk to you or me we have relationships with people but it's not as 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 deep as it could be i mean absent that so that does help when i i remember in haines city it was very difficult because i'd have you know you know four four or five counseling sessions a week and then do you know i did the majority of the hospital visitation and and still preached you know pretty much every sunday for the last two and a half three years and I would just be wiped out after yeah. a, a counseling session um, because it just yeah yeah just that's a that's an a, you're investing you're entering into the emotional yeah. struggles of another person yeah. or, or people which we love doing that I mean that's part of it but it is you got to carve out that that time and space and and so that there is a sense of focus there's a sense of 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 um, applicability um, but we also have we also remember that it's not up to us. <laughs> Whatever yeah. time we have is the time that God knew we needed to have it, and leaning into that is 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 sometimes difficult for me. I know just to say, Lord, this is Your word; these are Your people. It's not my word; it's not my people. So, whatever time You've given me to do this, this is the time I need to do it. So, I need yeah. You to show up yeah, right yeah. now and make sure need, this happens. Well, isn't that the truth? There are so many times we've just felt, Lord, I can't get, I can't get this. Yeah, not on my, not on my own. I need You to do this. Yeah. Um, I think our, our, you know, we may have less than uh, counseling settings like you talked about in, in Winter Haven and and Dunedin before with me before, uh, but ministry management. Well, it's a lot higher here. It's a lot higher. Yeah, a lot so, more, so, me- lot more meetings. A lot all more the things we do to to see to it that the ministries are 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 up and running and and have all that they they need and all the problem solving that goes along with those. Um, that's a that's a lot more. Yep. We a lot a lot more. Like like yesterday, like you know, we back to back meetings from pretty much nine in the morning until seven thirty seven seven thirty uh, at mm-hmm. night. Um, and it, with, I mean, some breaks in there, but but not not many. Not, <laughs> not, not yesterday. Not many. Not many. Um, but you know, 
this week we we did kick off a new yeah. series, and whenever we kick off a series, there's always uh, some legwork that goes into kind of setting the, it. the tone for the whole series. Yeah. So as you're kind of you, you know you started off talking about the idea of perspective. I mean, really kind of, you know, you, you kind of talked about the idea of, you know, when you're really angry in a situation that you kind of pull back. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, as you kind of were pulling back from the the totality of First Peter um, and wanting to kind of set that, the overall perspective for the series, mm. what priorities did you want to kind of lay out for the congregation? Yeah. Well, um, I, I want first off wanted to establish the the, the idea of the perspective that, that Peter gives, and, and as as I'm continuing on for, uh, for this week as well, he's at it again. He's got yeah. this cl- this almost this collapse of this merger of past, present, and future. Yeah. But he's certainly got the future that is still a future yet to to us, and so you know he, he's doing it again this week. In other words, so so just wanted to get that idea in, yeah. in there, but also get the idea that it's it's that very thing that that he's talking about that becomes this. Uh, living hope for us, yeah. um, and so I wanted to get the get the theme est- established as well, and then of course the context of the of the whole whole letter and you know, who is he writing to, yeah, and what's the, what are their stuff, what's yeah. their circumstances. So, so which is I think we're, we're finding out you know, in, in our styles we'll 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 do this differently. Yeah, you and I will do this differently, but when we start something like this, there's always that. You know, initial plowing of the field. Yeah. You know, we're going to get this information out there, and then we keep you, you and I both do this. We keep we keep talking about that context. We remind people of that context all throughout the series. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, yeah, I think that's I look at that um, as a, a, a high priority because, again, like I you know talk about the epical adjustment situation with 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 from from uh, from my former professor uh, Richard Pratt, and and the the thing that we we I think we both did in this the, the opening is to talk about how how are things different, you know what kind of you know yeah. talk about the persecution specifically, you know right. what what's different, but then also, you know where is there you know where do we actually do see the commonalities, you know the 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 the, the neighbor struggles, the spousal struggles, the sure. the the you know just the general. Being, being Did, living around unbelieving people. Yeah, just the disdain that somebody might have for you because you believe. So um, to me, it's always really important to both remind people that, yes, this is an ancient doc. This is a, this is a historical, you know, this is an ancient document. It was not written to us mm-hmm. directly. Peter, Peter, as a human being, was not thinking like... Uh, the, you know, there's going to be some church in central Florida in... 2022 uh, that's going to be reading this i mean he's he's got a very specific audience in mind but but god in god's eternal purpose god knows what's going to happen and it's foreordained what's going to happen so to kind of make those those almost like a handshake between the past intentionality and our in our present and our present application of that it's always very important when you're dealing with a letter like this but then we got into the we got into the meat of it. Yeah, the meat of it, which yeah. was the 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 idea of the living hope. And you really you keyed on that from the, from the start. It was you talked about what hope hope is, and yeah. And there's a there's a there's a, an idea in there that I re, I wrote down. I, I really liked it. And you talked about hope not as a passive thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope not as a sedative. Yeah, which that's a Warren Wearsby quote. I, you know, he, that that was really probably we talk about preparation. 
Um, I have these these general commentaries from Warren Wiersbe. They're compact commentaries. And a lot of times, especially when we're doing like a series through an entire book of the Bible, I'll go to, to see kind of, because he gives a, a really good, you know, high-level view of the passage without getting too, he doesn't really get too deep into the weeds. So it, it because as, as we both talked about, man, there's a lot of weeds in, in yes. these, especially these 13, first 13 verses. And, we, and we'll talk about what we could, could say, what we couldn't say. But, but I, I, you know, he, that quote really kind of set the tone for me to mm-hmm. say, okay, wait, this is how we use the term hope in our, in our culture. Right. And it's a tripping point for some people yeah. when it comes to faith, because we, as people of faith, we constantly talk about hope. But if we think of hope in Jesus Christ the way other people think about hope, we're not talking about the same thing. And you talked about hope being this uh, this confident how do you, you you put the confident assurance of something in the future. But the, right. but the idea for us, it's a confident uh, yeah. forward looking. It's not yeah. a it's not an uneasy forward looking. Yeah, I think you, you know? said didn't you say didn't you call it a blind um, uh, blind hope? Was yeah, that, it's like that's a afraid? blind hope. Yeah, yeah or, the, the, and, and we both use the dead like, hope. We uh, we both use the term dead hope, yeah. which I think is really significant considering the living hope kind of idea that Peter puts across. Yeah. yeah. So the you know, blind hope is just saying that it's almost just a, 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 a wild wish yeah. which has no content at all. There's no, there's no grounds for that. That hope is just like, it's, it's a fantasy more yeah. than anything. It's like a gambler's hope, right? It's like, I'm going to roll the yeah. dice, but I have yeah. no idea what's going to happen yes. there. Um, one of the things that, that you really, uh, you brought out was the, the, the idea of, Peter writing to the people in Asia Minor to get to add meaning to their suffering. Yeah. So I wonder if you talk just a little bit about how important that was for you to kind yeah. of get across, because um, I did not deal with the meaning portion yeah. uh, in any kind of real significant way. My, I might have mentioned it pa- in passing, but that was not kind of where I landed. But what was what was it that that was? Because obviously Peter is doing that. I mean, he's giving them a grounds for the. I don't. I hesitate to use the word positive, but the the positive aspect of their suffering. So, yeah. why was that important to you? Well, I, I suppose it's because the universal um, reality of of suffering. I mean, Zach, yeah. you have you have suffered in your life. That's right. Um, I have suffered in my life. There's been pain. There's been difficulty. There's been hardships in, in our in our lives, and and you know, without any sense of connection to some larger. Uh, narrative, some larger, uh, you know, uh, perspective on that on the suffering, it would it would it would inevitably lead to despair. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, so he, he, Peter certainly didn't want them to feel like whatever it is that they were dealing with, if they were being alienated, they were being cut out of business deals, they were being outright, you know, brutalized, anything at all that they were dealing with. He, he and in some sense, he wanted them to say, look, it's worth it all. Yeah. You know, your suffering is not in vain. Yeah, your suffering is, and and what what does Paul say? It, it, you know, for now we we uh, it, it even is though this, for a little while, yeah, for a little while, it's temporary. Yeah. This temporary yeah. thing that we're dealing with, but but you know, there is something larger that is out there. And so he just really wanted to, because uh, we, I'm the same way. You know, yeah. my, my field of vision narrows when I get into in, into kind of intense sure. situation as well. So I need some perspective giving in moments like like that. So I think that's the, the, in that you find that the, your suffering is not, yeah. you know, without without redemption or without redemptive mm-hmm. qualities and without 
certainly not without hope. Yeah. And I loved how you put that whole, and you said it just a moment ago, this whole past, present, future weaving in that Peter does in the first 13 verses, because, you know, he really lets the the people understand that their present reality, their present hope that they have is based in not just the past work of Jesus Christ, uh, but that that past work of Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection, that historical fact was anticipated for generations yeah. by the prophets. And the prophets were um, writing these things to, in anticipation of what Jesus would do. The, 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 the believers in Asia Minor and us today, we're living in a reality in which that is a past fact. It's been, re- it's been revealed. Yeah, the, the hope of the prophets was a always forward-reaching hope. And then for us, we also have this forward-reaching aspect because it's it, there is going to be a return of Christ when, you know, we talk about the consummation of the kingdom is 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 real, made 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 final. Um and that that really changes the perspective of our present. I think you said something in the in there about um some something how another about the difficulty because I, when I think about that I think okay so ha, what is that going what is that saying to someone whose um, marriage has just fallen apart yeah. and their finances are, are are empty and they have no idea what their next step is going to be they are completely at a, a loss or yeah. pick any other you know, description of a of a of a of a situation a person's in I mean it's, uh, utter despair is in, in in the moment and a sense of just I have no idea where this is going you know it, that does speak, but I wonder if you could just you, know, you and you said something about it. You know, it doesn't. It, I know I said something about the way I said it was. I it's not going to change the circumstances. Yeah, it's not it may change. not change the circumstances. Yeah, which people don't always. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, we want the circumstances to change, and and, it, and I'm not saying that the circumstances won't change either. Yeah. I'm just saying that the, it, the, the whether they change or whether they don't change yeah. does not does not change the ultimate reality. This is this is categorically is the. One of the biblical responses to the question of evil and suffering in yeah. this world, which is there is sometimes it's not, sometimes we perceive it to be evil and suffering, and it's not really evil and suffering. It's just yeah. something that is working out a larger good you can't see in the moment. Yeah. That's, that's one response. The theodicy piece. The yeah. theodicy yeah. piece. Uh, Joseph, life of Joseph yeah. piece. The other one though is the provincial provincial dualism, yeah. which says that it seems like evil and suffering is is and it, there is a reality of of the presence of. Bad things happening in this world, yeah. and the the influence of the evil one in this world, the father of lies, is influencing yeah. in this world. And, but provincial dualism says it's happening now, yeah. but it will not happen at the end. Yeah, it, there, it will not last. What will only the, all of that death and evil and, and suffering and all all that goes away, and the only thing that will remain, as we talked about in the sermon series, and when we talked about glorification, the only thing that will may remain is perfection. Yeah. Well, and see when I. So there's, you know, there, there are all these ways that we can approach the 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 trials and tests and 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 persecutions and and I think we you mentioned it I I didn't really mention it but the idea that we in the West we don't really face persecution per se like right. like you know like Peter was experiencing in Rome and 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 the eventually the the believers in Asia Minor would would experience um, we we face more the you know the the marginalization to some extent, but but even that is pretty mocking and indifference is probably our biggest yeah uh, yeah biggest obstacle yeah and that's and and I think that's and you mentioned too you know when you look at believers in 
other parts of the world, they're dealing with actual persecution, yeah. like being drug out of their homes and having children ripped from their arms and houses burned and, I mean, like in some cases arrested. Um, you know, when but when you're dealing with folks that, like you were talking about, like the, the marriage is falling apart, the financial situation is in ruin, what do, what do we do to kind of help? kind of navigate them through this hope and and what you're talking about that provi- uh, providential uh, dualism that yes there is suffering now but there won't be forever and then putting that and putting in the middle of that because Jesus Christ has entered into the suffering you know he's jumped into yeah. the suffering with us you know we do not serve a god who does not care you know we're not we're not deists you know that that god is is out a, there and a, away from us yeah. and, and 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 i think that i think the comforting I think from some people who are in the middle, see, it's 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 easier to talk about the theodicy piece with people who are, have gone through suffering and now are reflecting back. Right? Yes, when you're in the suffering, you don't want to hear that. Not, <laughs> you, don't, no. you don't want to hear no. it. You're like, I, no. I, don't, I don't. This my child has cancer. I I don't want to hear that. That has some sort of great and, meaning. And, and even if you had it, even if I had a, an an answer, yeah. that was rich and biblically meaningful, it doesn't change the fact. Yeah. But what can I think provide comfort? Which I think what Peter does here is that, is that we have a God who looks at the suffering of humanity and, and, and our individual suffering and says, "I do care. I have done something about it. And what I did about it was not ivory tower kind of moving the pieces around. I entered I, it. I got involved. Yeah. And I died. Yeah. Like, and I suffered for so that you can look forward mm. to the." That yeah. the time where it will there will be no uh, there will be no more suffering there will only be perfection, and and that and I think the fact that we say God is in this with and He continues to be by the power of the Holy Spirit with us, if we will but lean on that and and that's and that's where you know in my in my in my message I really wanted to say well how do we folks that really want to are in the middle of the suffering. And I love what you did with it. I want to talk about that in a second. But, but the, what do we do to cultivate the hope? Because ho- you know, the hope has to be. Sometimes we've got to be cultivated because we're going to be bombarded with well, things that tell, I, I, tell us that's that's hopeless. That's one of the things that I, because because I I, um, I thought the idea of cultivating that hope by by regular reflection mm-hmm. on the really the very things as you were just talking about you're mm-hmm. also doing a backwards look on in yeah. what has been there what has been meaningful for us so you know if we're having a crisis moment right now but to cult, to have that regular reflection means we look back to the moment maybe it's a moment when we had when we gave our life to Christ yeah okay what was that all about yeah. there was content to that there was richness there was there's emotion there was heart there's thought all that what was that all about well does that not matter now in, yeah. this, in this moment? Yes, it does. It, it makes a difference in a moment of, of crisis. So I, I love that, and I love the um, that uh, that that you know, when we reflect on that, then we can we can celebrate that. I think yeah. you use that word several times. Yeah. You, can, you can celebrate the fact that 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 is a real thing. Your suffering is real, but so is this other yeah. thing just as real. Well, and that's what and that's the thing that really got me in, with Peter uh, when he's writing to them, talking about. You know, in this, you're going to face trials. He, he, he's, you're going to be tested by fire. You, the genuineness of your faith is going to be tested. But we rejoice. He keeps. He uses that term so often in that that. I that love that short. You phrase. put up the what nine, seven different versions yes, like, of the yeah. of the of that. Rejoice, word. praise, in glory, 
in the middle of the trial, not after it's done, but in the middle. Why? Because of that reflect, reflecting back on it. And, and to me, I thought, okay, if, if I'm going through a period of crisis, how do I hold on to the living hope? You know, how do I develop that? And, 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 and also want to warn people against those things that rob us of that living hope, that, that right. try to tell us that we're in a hopeless state and we're not in a hopeless yeah, state. Yeah, that's the lie. And and we but but we we get told a lot. I mean that this is hopeless. I mean inflation is out of control and gas prices are out of control and nobody's going to do anything about it and all. Mm-hmm. It's going to be happening for two and three more years and all that. Well, that seems pretty hopeless. But that's not where our hope lies. And the the thing that you did with this, I thought, was really great. You addressed and I didn't do this. I, you addressed two groups of people. You know, you're going through a season of prosperity and and good times and, uh-huh. and all that. So how do you? So what does this say to you? And I loved how you said, enjoy that, but that doesn't define, you know, that's not the thing that you're relying on. You're not relying on this consistent kind of uh, hopefulness. And I wonder if you kind of unpack, you know, and then you did go into the people that are dealing with the trials as well, too. And that's where we kind of dovetailed a little I think we're back to our our original conversation. Context context matters in this case, because I've seen enough people in this church who are, who I, I would suspect that that there was probably the majority of people in the church who were listening to that were indeed going through the the, the good times in mm-hmm. life. I mean, obviously we're concerned about the larger things, but for their personal lives, yeah. families well, health as well. You know, relationships are good, faith is strong. All these good things are, are there, and yet these same people are the ones. You know, the more I get to know them, the same people are the ones who say to me, "These things are great, but my greatest hope mm-hmm. is not any of that stuff." Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I almost just sort of told the story of, of, of most of the church that I that I've met um, this, that's my greatest hope is in Jesus Christ yeah and uh, that 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 needs to be heard yeah and I think it needs to be heard too because there's a temptation I think for for folks that are in you know seasons of relative comfort relative po- prosperity to say that Jesus is their hope but do they live out the fact and I think we're going to get into that this week you know the yeah. holiness piece um, there's one thing to say that Jesus is your greatest hope, but do you yeah. live out as though Jesus is your greatest hope when times are easy and times are comfortable? And mm-hmm. and uh, and, then, and the only way you see that, the only way you see that, is through sacrificial living exactly. and, and giving and 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 generosity and and worship mm-hmm. and 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 growing in faith and yeah. all the things that, that are part of the the life of any disciple. Yeah, yeah, and we do have a lot of folks like that too. Yeah, um, but they, you know, everyone needs that reminder that. Because it's so tempting for us to kind of lean into all of the trappings of Western comfort and and forget that man that stuff can go away in a snap and then what are you left with? I mean, yeah. if, if it ain't Jesus all the way, yeah, then you're gonna have a you're gonna have a harder time when and that like, stuff K- goes. K- Kierkegaard called that the insignificant life. That's you know, when, right. When the the, yeah. the accidents of life are the things that can be taken away just in a moment's notice. Yeah. And when those are taken away. Who are you then, yeah. and what is your life like then? Yeah. When, when you when you take it down to the, the foundation, what, what's that foundation like? So this week coming up, we continue in the series. We finish out Chapter 1, move a little bit into Chapter yep. 2, um, talking about uh, how the living hope of Jesus Christ is exemplified in a, a type of holiness. So yeah. um, we're going to talk about what that means, and, and as Peter yep. does, but... Uh, um, exciting stuff, challenging to 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 
narrow the field. Isn't it, isn't it, though? I, I thought that all last week. is like, golly, I'm leaving behind gold mines left yeah. and right here. Well, you saw you... I didn't even deal with the whole prophecy thing. Because I, 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 I was <laughs> yeah. thinking, I had a whole section in my message about it. And then I was thinking, we got a congregational meeting yeah. afterwards. And I'm like, I, 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 I yeah, it was a busy su- It was a busy day Sunday, too. And another three or four minutes uh, of, of yeah. stuff that, that, well, I say that's probably not accurate. It's more like 10 minutes of yeah, stuff yeah. that I had to get cut <laughs> yeah. out. But, uh, yeah, this Sunday, continuing the series, if anyone has missed any one of our sermons, Pastor John's or mine, you can he- head over to our website, fpclakeland.org. Click on the worship page and the sermon archive tab to watch complete services. And also, if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out on Google uh, Play, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You can subscribe, uh, and you'll be notified when a new episode drops. Hit the like button, share it. Wow, what a day. I went, went really fast through that. John, <laughs> thank you once again for hanging out, and uh, we'll look forward to next week in the second part of this series. Indeed. See you all soon.